I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, or one-size-fits-all quick-fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome to In the Red Podcast. You are back. I'm back. Uh, I guess the first date, the awkward first date didn't scare you off. You're back testing the water. I've been told that it was time to jump right back in and get the first episode out. I know it seems a little soon. It's like that phone call you get after the first date to, for an immediate reprisal date to get back in. And you're like, ooh, they seem a little... Uh, awkward and Nancy, maybe they just, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it, but you're here. I'm here. So let's talk today. I'm excited. I've gotten some rave reviews on my singing, which was a little surprising. I don't know where we're going today as far as the, the vocal stylings of, but I'm excited you're here. I'm excited you're here to share in this journey and to continue walking this thing out. It's just going to be me today, but I can assure you that next week, We'll be dropping a new episode that's going to have a friend of mine coming on. I'm going to leave it at that. I want to invite you because it's going to be a continuation from today's topic discussion. And there's a word that's really been with me for quite some time. If, if you think back over the journey of my life, it's a word that's defined me. It's a word that's really challenged me. It's a word that I realized I didn't know as much about early on have really connected with people along the way that have expanded on this word in my life. And this word is perspective. So we've talked about in the red and what that means. In the red can be defined in a lot of ways, but it is generally seen as a deficit, something we are lacking. And it puts us in that that place we talked about in the pilot episode of being able to take notice around. I think perspective is something that we really lose sight of being in the red. If we really want to take notice, a lot of us feel like whether it's in our business, uh, our family, and we can look around, like look at Facebook right now, all of the filtered pictures, we're all doing our best to at least make everybody think that we got it all figured out. In other words, we're, we're trying to make People feel like we have a pretty rounded perspective of what's going on in life. As soon as something happens in the news, whether it be politics, vaccinations, all the things, if we get any amount of information, we want to put our perspective out there real quick so people feel like we're learned or we know what we're talking about. I I recently saw someone post on Facebook about how as the gas, gas prices change and it it made this statement. Okay, all of you who were recently experts on vaccines and all the medical proceedings now can shift your license to being an expert on gas prices and crude oil. I think it was my buddy, Eric Mitchell, who was very uh, active in the news and the media industry. 
but it was really funny because yes, social media and Facebook can make anybody with a a certain perspective seem as if they are a professional, have it all figured out. But I want to take you to a place today. I, I want us to really think about perspective. And I, I can only do this through my journey. You're going to find this quite often. I am very invitational in where my life has come because I want you to learn from my mistakes, my ups, my downs, my ins, my outs. There's a reason I've done these things and I don't want anybody to be stuck here. I want you to be invited in through my journey, my testimony to realize that, man, we're all struggling in some amount, that it's okay to remove the filters off some of our Facebook pictures. It's okay to let people see us cry. It's okay to to let people see us happy. Like we don't have to in our joyous moments our life, hide those because we do that just as well, afraid we're going to hurt somebody else's feelings or we, we feel like we are celebrating when other people are hurting. We have to be able to experience people's ups and downs, ins and outs together. That's, that's the important thing. But I want to talk to you about perspective today. Perspective is this. I'm, I'm going to define it for you. I'm going to get into what Merriam-Webster says because I think there's some power in these words. Too many times we just say what we think they mean, but someone with a lot of money and a lot of time and energy and resources along the way has defined these words. So let's think about it from this. The first one is a very easy statement. It's point of view or a visible scene. In other words, it's what you can see. So I want you to stop right now and take notice uh, as my words are flowing over you of where you're at right now. Maybe you're at work and you've worked your tail off and you're in the corner office. You've got the nice window view. Uh, maybe you're sitting on a beach somewhere. Man, what you can see, your perspective right now is pretty nice. Now, however, maybe you're the mom or dad that's stuck in the line to drop your kids off at school. And if your line is anything like mine, my Lord, I lose more patience dropping my kids off for school than any other time of my day. It is amazing how traffic laws go out the window when I'm trying to kick my kids out the car. And that's what it boils down to. We can say it's because we want our kids to be at school on time, but realistically, whew, we're, right, we're trying to start our day. And this is the one thing. So people will cut you off, cut through the parking lot, park where they're not supposed to, all in an attempt to get their day started, to get moving on with their life to provide their value and speak to their value over your value. That's what it is, right? So if you're in that space today, just breathe and just listen with us today. But if that's your point of view, it's very different than that person in the corner office. We have a perspective. We have a view of where we're at right now physically in our life. But I want you to think about that over the course of your life because you didn't just arrive there overnight. You got to that parking lot, you got to that office, you got to that beach with a journey and you see it differently. Now, if somebody cannot swim or is allergic to sand, I don't even know that if that's a thing. If you're stuck on a beach, your perspective is going to be drastically different than someone who maybe likes to surf or enjoys being in the ocean. For me, I was raised middle of the country, Arkansas, and my wife was raised here in Virginia near the beach. So we have a differing perspective on the beach. She loves to go and can just sit on the beach in the sand with a book and just absorb the sun. Me, however, I have zero desire to just go sit on a beach and get sand in all of my 2000 parts and in the car, on the kids, all the thing, just 
to sit. Like I want to be active. I was raised around lakes and things like that. And when we went, we went, we got in there, we swam, we, we played, we did all sorts of things. We would jump off cliffs. So when I go to the beach, my perspective is I need to be doing something, whether it's beach games, throwing the Frisbee, diving in the water. I can't go just to sit. So today, our perspectives are always going to be different, even in the places that somebody may deem better or worse because of what we've experienced. Now, I'm going to give you another definition, and then we're going to go on this journey today. Another journey, another definition for perspective is this, an appearance to the eye of objects in respect to their relative distance and positions. Now, there's three words I really am going to take out of here today that I want us to dwell on. I really want us to connect with because of this. I think in our world right now, we constantly experience a lack of perspective. We're around people uh, day and night. We we walk by people in the grocery store. We're parked by people next to us in the child pickup line. We work in the cubicle next to, we're sitting on the beach next to somebody, but we have our own perspective and far too few times do we really stretch out and ex- and invite somebody else's perspective into our life. Now think of that definition again, appearance to the eye. So this again goes back to what we see of objects in respect. I want to talk about respect today to their relative distance. We have to understand that as something gets closer to us, there is a differing perspective. I'm going to challenge us today by inviting people with different perspectives closer to us. Suddenly we can see through their lens as well. And then the last piece is this, positions, the relative distance and positions. We all arrive at places, positions in life, and we have to understand that with those positions, it becomes a different perspective. So let me take you down a road. My life started in backwoods, Arkansas. If you've heard the the pilot episode, I was a country boy in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. Yeah, Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. I know it's an interesting name, right? Uh, It's buried nice and deep between other towns like Possum Grape or Peach Orchard. I don't know if your state's anything like Arkansas, but man, they have some really weird names. Goober Town is one. Uh, For when I graduated high school, we always had to put something of where we want to be. And I was the funny guy. So I always said I wanted to be mayor of Goober Town one day. I'm not. Uh, God bless whoever the mayor of that province is. However, I came from this back, backwoods, small 5,000 population town of Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. And it was in those moments when I was growing up, man, I loved it. I almost wish my kids could have the kind of upbringing that I had because in that small town environment, the perspective that I gained was one of this. I effectively knew most everybody in that town. My dad was a a small town pastor. So I just did not desire to go to the grocery store with him growing up because what was a five minute visit for a loaf of bread would always turn into a 45 minute to an hour conversation with everybody between the door and the register, because you always see somebody, you know, but it's in those moments looking back now that one of my perspectives that was really strengthened was the importance of conversation eye-to-eye contact, shaking hands, respect and honor to whoever you're talking to. Like it was ingrained in me. 
So from day one, I understood the power of talking to somebody and not looking around or not taking notice and valuing the person in that moment. Now, however, that's a good perspective. That's something good that was ingrained in me. I also had this part of my upbringing. The town that I grew up in was primarily white. This is no joke. We had one black family in our town and their last name was white. It seems really funny, but it's it was really true. So growing up in my school, we didn't have any uh, kids of color, any black kids, Hispanic kids, any of that growing up. So it was all white kids. So I can remember being raised in a culture where racist jokes were the norm. And yes, I hope I don't get canceled in the first episode because that seems to be the trend when we talk about the brokenness of our past. I told racist jokes. Why? Not that I meant to hurt anyone's feelings, but that was the currency of laughter. That's what got the biggest laugh. So we would hear them and, and repeat them. But that I realized along the way was limiting. It never meant to hurt anybody. But along with that, I received this other perspective. My dad was a pastor. My mom was a nurse. So one of the most amazing things that they put in me growing up was the ability to see people and care for people regardless of where they were at. From a nurse's perspective, you you see people who are hurting, who are sick, and you do everything you can to minister, not minister, but to, to take care of them. And whether it be for comfort, uh, security, all of those things, that carries right over into pastoring. Although most of the pastoring in most, both ways, so many of those people who you're trying to help can also hurt in that same place. That's a whole nother road, another story for another day. But I want to get back to perspective because all of us carry a perspective. All of us arrived at this place in life through a journey and we've received pieces of us. Now, the problem we have to understand in that red moment is that they're limited that we have a limited perspective based on what we have experienced. I, I like to use this visual when I'm talking about our lives and when we arrive at a place to really stop and take notice. I always talk about our addicts. So here's what I mean by that. How many of you, if you're thinking right now in your attic, if you're married especially, you have some things that are stuck up there, things that have been handed down to you through the years, Maybe it's China, maybe it's your grandmother's wedding dress, whatever these heirlooms are that realistically in the world have no value. But along the way, your parents, your grandparents, someone established a value to this thing and said, this is worth keeping. Now, when it got to you, where it's at in your house speaks volumes about the value you've assigned to it. If it's stuck up in your attic, gathering mold and moss, it doesn't have value to you. However, the fact that you still have it shows the value that you've given to your parents and your grandparents and what they say. Now, when you were young and single, I'm sure you had things. You had things in your attic. And then when you got married, your spouse brought their things to the attic too. So now both of your things come together and we know how we value each other's stuff. I was, before I married Morgan, I was living with my my buddy and our home represented everything that is single young men. I remember I had the wrestling bobbleheads or the sports uh, memorabilia, signed basketball, all of the things. And the moment I got married and Morgan and I moved into a home, all of the things that I had valued that I'd put up instantly were devalued. 
she didn't want my rock bobblehead uh, setting on the mantle place if you smell what I'm cooking. There was zero desire for my Tennessee Titans memorabilia. There was the Magic Johnson autograph basketball was not getting put up on the entryway. Like the things that I had valued had lost value instantly because of her perspective. So now we think about this. I want to sh- I want to flash back because we've talked about the physical things, but I had to get you to see this visual through physical representations. This is what we do so many times. We we cannot see things that are occurring in us because we don't connect them to the the visual and the physical journeys that we've taken. Cuz I want you to think about this from your perspective or your agendas, your mindsets. All of these things stem from journeys and along the way that people have placed value or devalued them. The things, think about the mindsets and agendas, the things that have been passed down to you from your parents that stem from maybe uh, an accident or someplace they were wounded in their life. Maybe it it's passed down through an experience they had that changed their life forever for the good or for the bad. In that moment, we are passed down these mindsets. If you have a mother that was not loved by her parents and now that it struggles every day because is always had a deficit in that place, always had the in the red moment right there, then you can carry that over real quick and have an identity issue where you're constantly trying to get people's attention or all that. It's just, it's, it's passed down. You've witnessed it through your life. You've watched it occur some of our biggest teaching moments are in the ones where we're not really trying to show somebody something, but we're just living life. Our kids are watching at all times, right? Maybe you've experienced something tragic, like a very abusive household where your father beat your mother, where there was just physical, verbal, mental abuse all of the time. And it really broke you down. Maybe you saw your father beat your mother and now you have zero uh, respect for men in your life because you saw the one man that should have been the biggest influence in your life completely demean maybe your, your mother, maybe even you. Maybe there was even sexual abuse along the way. And that's affected your perspective through the lens of what that man did to your that woman or to you of how every man is. I, I told you we're going to get deep in these podcasts. I told you we're going to really dive in. See, these are all of the things that in our mental attic we begin to store. And they affect our perspective or how we view the place that we're at. Because everybody's got their stuff. Everybody's got the boxes in their attic. And if we don't begin to take notice of the things that have limited our perspective, then we just become satisfied with that's who we are. We're we're never challenged. Because here's what I want to talk about today. Because a changing or extending or a growing of perspective requires access or an invitation to somebody else's point of view. You have to see the world through their eyes for you to be expanded. Here's the biggest problem I think that we have today. If if we really took notice of where we're at, we would notice that the people around us look like us, act like us, and maybe even sound like us. We have a tendency in the intent of comfort and security surround ourselves with people who are just like us, who have come from the same location, 
I, in my journey at 18, left small town Arkansas and joined the Navy. So there were people and friends of mine back home that have never left that small town. And they and I have a different perspective because I've experienced things outside of that place. It's not a good or a bad thing that I have this or they don't have that. But there has to be a recognition of the difference. Now, I know I have some friends from that area that are listening to this podcast that told me afterwards that they were excited to go on this journey with me. I hope this this can help expand their perspective. Because when I joined the military, I left that small town environment, that area where there was not a lot of people of color. And I was immediately immersed into an environment where there were people of all walks of life, men, women, black, white, Hispanic, all the things. And it's funny, but because of that that value I told you that was instilled in me from my parents, uh, the people, that respect that had been instilled in me in relationships and conversation with the people around me, instantly I became connected with people with differing perspectives. After I joined the Navy, I got to Orlando, which is a bigger town. It's where the Mighty Mouse lives, right? Um, But I was there for two years of school, and my two friends instantly that I connected with, we got there around the same time, was a black man from Chicago and a Puerto Rican man from New York. Yes, couple those two with this country white dude that's probably going to say the wrong thing in more ways from Backwoods, Arkansas. Instantly, I received access through relationships to their perspectives. I begin to see and hear the stories of, of life in the inner city of New York, on of life in, in Chicago, and seen through the eyes of someone of a different race, a different culture, and the way they perceived and accessed things. And, and together, we begin to weave a narrative, a perspective together because of our relative distance. See, we come back to that respect. The respect is first realizing of somebody that's differing from me, I have to have respect for them in order to understand that their perspective matters as much as mine. This is that place of respect, that place of coming together where conversation occurs and it's not debate or arguing. Suddenly, I'm not trying to change your mind because then I really don't have respect for you, your journey, and your perspective. I only have value and respect for what I see, what I've arrived at, what I understand, and I'm doing everything I can to change your perspective because mine is more valuable than yours. See, that's arguing debate. You're not really listening to what the person across from you is saying. The moment they speak, you're already formulating the words of your response in an attempt to come against them in, in an attempt to try to change their perspective. But in a conversation, listening has to occur. We, we close our lips, we open our mind, we open our ears, and we truly are value and valuing and respecting the person across from us as their story plays across our timeline. See, this is where respect. Then this respect leads to a closer relation or relative position. Because as someone trusts you, as you begin to share those intimate moments of hurt, of good, of ups and downs, all of those things, slowly you come together and through conversation, you can begin to see through their lens as well as yours. It's in those places that I realized the brokenness of that small small town mentality that led to some of those prejudicial 
mindsets be, uh, that led to some of the ignorance. Yes, I'm going to use that word a lot too. Ignorance is not a derogatory term. Ignorance is means merely a lack of information or education. And it's in that place that I was ignorant because I hadn't spent time around people who looked different than me, who sounded different than me. So it was in that place that I began to grow and see. And the Navy constantly took me to on journeys like that to foreign cultures. And I always walked in with a respect for those I was walking into their territory. It was never, I'm more valuable than you. It was never, you have to change to fit my narrative. It was always, what can I learn from the people around me? This expended, extended even into ministry as I was on staff at a church, our worship pastor, uh, his name is Joseph Stallings. He is a black man and just a powerful voice into my life. He and I have become so connected through the years that just today I had an opportunity to sit on the couch across from him and just share moments of parenting, of, of friendship. And we do that quite often. It's a very intimate access that I've received and he's also given me. But I can remember when Black Lives Matter movement, when it really began to start and we saw the, the divisiveness in our country, our, our media stations, depending on which one you listen to, were driving a narrative. Yes, that's a problem. Our, our, we have perspectives and it can be very limited based on to what we're feeding on, what we're listening to. But I can remember walking into his office and I said, bro, I need to see what's going on around us through your eyes. <clears throat> I need to experience your journey. I need to know what you've experienced and what you've walked through because I've not, I've never accessed that place. So I have a limited perspective of what's going on in our world. And it was through those relative moments that we began to arrive at a space closer together, that we begin to see and share and feel. See, it's a place of give and take. It's a place of bringing all of you in and Yes, it can be a shameful place because you'll realize there's some things that you've been passed down that have maybe brought shame to you or have stuck you in a place where this is all I'll ever be or this is all I'm going to I'm always going to operate this way because my mom was this way. Maybe I'm an alcoholic because my dad was an alcoholic or my I will always have anxiety issues because my mother had anxiety issues. See, these are broken perspectives based on an identity that you've walked into because of broken things that have been passed down to you. You have to be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what? That's not who I am. I'm still moving. I'm still shaking. I'm still growing. And I don't have to be that. But if that's the only perspective that you have, if the only people in your life are a bunch of mully grubbers, and every time you get on Facebook, you find a pity party, I can assure you, you are always going to be pitiful. But it's the moment you find somebody who stretches you and says, no, there's value in you. You need to see this. That's the place we begin to grow. But it was through conversations with Jay that I began to see this and extend and expand, even on the perspective that I'd grown from my, my friends uh, joining the Navy. And even so much so that Jay and I had the opportunity to go back to Arkansas and minister uh, in my hometown through my dad's church. And it was such an amazing environment experience. He and I, when we get together, because of our different journeys, when we come together, it's such a beautiful experience. Uh, marriage and connection to watch what happens in those plate in those spaces. But after church, one of those nights, we went out to McDonald's because in small town, that's the extent of high cuisine at 
10 o'clock at night. And I can remember this powerfully. My dad uh, was there with us and he introduced us to, as a local pastor came in with his uh, people and he introduced us. And that man shook my hands and looked me in the eyes and says, good to meet you. But he didn't even give Jay a second notice. He didn't even acknowledge the connection or there. And I realized in that moment, because of the perspective that I've been given access to through Jay's journey and the stories and the, the intertwined narrative that we now shared, I experienced the hurt that came along with that moment. I even carried it a bit and I was offended by it, even though it wasn't aimed at me because of that perspective that I now shared, because of that connection I now had, my heart hurt for him. And we were able to talk after that many times. See, when you when you seek after a fresh perspective, you are going to take that notice of the people around you and you're going to realize I need to invite otherness into my life. Everybody's journey is not like mine. Everybody didn't arrive at this place like I did. Because the last piece of this is position. I think it's even, I want to speak to CEOs, business leaders, pastors. I want to speak to people who are leading organizations because you have to realize that your workers, the people who are doing everything from filing your paperwork to pushing those mops to parking your car, whatever it is, have a perspective. And in order to understand why they do what they do, in order to stand, understand where they're trying to go, you have to respect them enough to even invite through conversation their perspective into yours. See, it's not a place of arrival. Perspective is nothing where we'll ever get to a space where we have it all figured out. It's a constant need. It's a constant in the red moment. It's a constant desire to chase after those who are different from us so that we can experience, see, hear their perspective. To find out what in us is broken or to validate some good things in us or to see where we need to grow. Every perspective you invite in, I can assure you, is not going to be good. Many times those perspectives that they share with you will open doors for your own journey to speak life into them, to give them a key to success, to help them overcome the mindsets and agendas that have held them back. See, perspective is something that Jesus valued and used. I know if, if this is your first podcast, I told you I am a pastor, but I want the word of God. I want the Bible. I want this thing to become practical. And I want us to begin to see who Jesus truly was. I was recently talking as I was trying to get this podcast up, and I said, I want to take Jesus to an unassuming audience. I want to expand your perspective. Jesus did this. He didn't go to the temple and pad his stats. He didn't go and build his team with a bunch of rabbi students to say, let's go, all of you that know what's going on, let's go change the world. No. He went to a bunch of fishermen. He goes to Peter and Andrew and James and John, a bunch of fishermen and say, hey, I want you to come with me and let's go change the world. I need your perspective because I'm going to bring who I am and I'm going to hone your story. He even next goes and finds Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector and he had just done a miracle down by the water when he met Matthew. So that leads us to believe that Matthew is down by the, the lake, by the water, collecting taxes, which means he was probably the dude that was taking, collect, or taking taxes from those fishermen that Jesus had already called. So now think about that. Jesus has put 
some dudes that are against each other, their line of sight, their perspectives challenge one another. Matthew is taking money from these guys because that's what tax collectors did. They took money from their own people to pad the, the pockets of the Romans. So there was a disparity. There was a rough edge there. And Jesus said, let's go play ball together. Puts them in the room and says, I need you to understand the power in each other's perspective because there is brokenness. There is hurt. There is shame. There is disappointment in there, but there's also life and value in what you've experienced. And it's in that place of relationship and conversation that I'm going to take your stories and I'm going to validate pieces of them. I'm going to identify to you the areas that you need to let go of. I'm going to identify the pieces that have become a part of your identity, that have become a part of you. And it's not really you. It's just what's been given to you. It's hurtful things that have been done to you that have affected your perspective on the world around you. It's affected your perspective on the people around you. And it's affected the people that you've aligned yourself with and become identified by. It was in that place that he began to grow them so that they could go back to the people that had the same perspectives and begin to help them grow in who they were. See, this is the power of perspective. As yours grow, you're going to realize where you missed it. You're going to realize where you fell short. You're going to realize the value of some of the things that you had held on to. And it's going to begin to hone your mission, your story, your purpose in. And you'll have such a desire to go back to those same people just like you so that you can help them expand. So you can invite them into this same uncomfortable, awkward space that you had to walk through. See, I'm encouraging you today in this moment of noticing your perspective, to realize this is not the end. To desire something more. To seek out somebody who looks differently than you, sounds different than you, and acts different from you. And ask their story. Demonstrate respect. That respect that will move you closer in relative position so you can understand their journey. You can understand why they respond the way they do. You can understand the emotional responses they have to some of the things that you walk through in a way different, the way you carry yourself differently in those moments. It's the moment where we realize the only way that we get some of these things cleared out of our attic is inviting somebody into that space that is not emotionally connected to them. The moment we invite somebody different and we begin to show off this cluttered space in our heads, in our life that affects how we see things, suddenly they're going to say, you know what? You don't need that anymore. You don't need that china anymore because the stuff you have in your kitchen right now is you. Let's begin to clean the clutter out. Let's begin to get rid of some of the things that have held you back so you can find confidence in who you are. And you can grow into who we are together. Can we commit to that? Can we commit to seeking out different? Can we seek out to embracing the awkwardness of otherness? Because it's in that faith, in that place, maybe we'll find the unity that is needed so much, not in the extremes of our differences and trying to get them to move to one side or the other. But it's in that divide, in that gap, that we begin to build a bridge that we can get closer together. In Jesus' final prayer, before he was captured and taken away, 
he prayed, I think, the most important and valuable prayer of all. He said this, Father, I pray for a perfect unity amongst believers so that this world will know that you sent me for them. See, there's even broken perspectives in the church. There's even denominational lines that distract us and divide us. Perspective is so much bigger than how we see the landscape we're standing. It's so much bigger than how we see our neighbors. It is the overall view of how we process life. And if division is to go away, the only way to be unified and get closer together is to realize the value of those around us. He said, love your neighbors. Well, realize you can't pick your neighbors. If you do, your love is limited. That's it for another week here on the In the Red podcast. I hope this has challenged you and expanded you. I encourage you to share with friends. Please follow and review. Please help get this word out. We are a movement. It's not just me, it's we. We're taking this challenging word to the masses. We need to come together. We need to figure out some things. We need to let some things go so that we can be a positive in the negative. We can be a light in the darkness. We can change our business landscapes. We can change our home atmospheres. Have an amazing week. God bless.